the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, everybody. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. We, we love you. We appreciate you listening. We're so excited to be doing this. I really have a good time. I look forward to coming in here and giving you this information that God gives to us through the Word of God. We've been talking about Romans chapter 1. We only started in verse 18 because I wanted to take the information that was applicable to us in America in the year 2020 during this last day's end time assault upon the church during the apostasy, during the descriptions of Paul and John and Jude and Peter give about the behavior of mankind without God. And we're still doing that. I think I may finish Romans chapter one today. We left off in verse 20, verse 20, where we talked about that the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen. And Paul, he actually described what those invisible things, it seems a contradiction. I know the invisible things of God, which are clearly seen, but they're seen through a biblical understanding, through the indwelling presence of God's Holy Spirit telling you what they are. And there was two things that are supposed to be seen by God. Everybody is supposed to know this about God. And they are one, his eternal power, and two, the Godhead. Basically, it's the aspects of God that are clearly seen are the fact that he has power. We, the heavens declare the glory of God and the fact that his position, he is to be exalted. He is the king of the universe. He is God, the creator. And these things are supposed to be understood by everybody that's ever been born. And then it further says, because of that, because that these two things are clearly seen, mankind is without excuse. Without excuse from what? from knowing God, from acknowledging God, from worshiping God, from being thankful for God, the creator in our lives. Verse 21, then we'll pick up here. Because that when mankind knew God, mankind glorified God, not as God. Neither was mankind thankful, but mankind became vain in their imaginations, in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. The word for vain there is, uh, the Greek word is matido, and it means more so than becoming just foolish. It means that we've now become idolatrous. We are looking at things and placing them in our hearts and positions above God. We became vain in the way that we reasoned, that we thought things out. Because we have denied God, we've refused to acknowledge the things that he's shown us about him as belonging to him. We became vain in our reasonings. We could see things, we could perceive things, but unfortunately, just like animals, 
reasoning escaped us. And that's what we see today in society. Mankind has lost the ability to reason, and it's because we have neglected God. Romans spells it out right there. God is real. He's placed within every man an ability to understand that, A, he is the creator, and B, he is the power. And when we reject that, something happens to our thinking, and that's what this is talking about here. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were we thankful. When we do that, when we do not give him the glory due his name, when we refuse to be grateful for what he has given us, life, eternal life, actually, this produces vanity in our imaginations and we lose the ability to reason. The second part of that says our foolish hearts are darkened. And let me see, do I have the word there for foolish Our foolish hearts, actually there's four words in the Bible that talk about foolishness, but the one that we're looking for is the one that talks about the fact that it means we become unintelligent, without understanding, without discernment, actually we become senseless. What a way to walk around the earth, man. You know, you've got no understanding, you can't reason anything out, you are literally senseless. And then the Bible says that their foolish hearts were darkened. What word is that? That word is akotizio. And it means to obscure. And that's an important word. Because in the kingdom of God, God sent his Holy Spirit of God to do what? To reveal to us, to lead us, and to guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit of God is actually called the Spirit of Truth. So God reveals, but according to this scripture right here, the devil obscures. So it's something that we need to be aware of. And we see this now, even though if you're following what's going on, it's during the time of the coronavirus, it's predating the election, which is coming up in a few months once we get through this. And it's designed to obscure from the American people the truth, the truth about the election. They're trying to remove a freedom, the freedoms that America has guaranteed in the Constitution. And this is just one more ploy to remove President Trump as the leader of the greatest nation in the free world. Don't forget, there is a demonic push right now in this last time to set up America as part of the global economic system, as part of the global social order. We're receiving pressure from the United Nations. We're receiving pressure from the World Health Organization. We are receiving pressure from the American news media, which is by and large socialist in their thinking. They hate America. They hate you. They hate the Bible. They hate Christianity. They hate our freedoms. They hate the Constitution. They hate the church. And this proves that they have rejected God. They do not want to hear about God. They do not want God involved in our businesses. They don't want God involved in our schools and our government institutions. And it's just a worldwide push to destroy the last remaining vestige of of strength, of righteousness, which is holding them back. Literally, the church is holding back. We are restraining this evil Antichrist spirit, which is trying to destroy America. And that's the battle going on right now in our nation. And I love this because in the book that we're studying, Romans chapter one, it reveals the behavior of the people that are opposing Christianity. It reveals the mindset of the people that are opposing God's plan for freedom for America, for freedom, for the church, for the manifestation of the church to operate freely in America. And I love reading this and telling you about how this process is being played out. Go to verse 22, and it reads, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. 
Well, we've seen that. That's pretty obvious. The Greek word for, let's see, professing, it's phasco, and it means to assert. And we see that they are asserting themselves as wise. We look at the people that are up there daily talking to us about the coronavirus. These are educated people. They are scientific people. They're medical people. They're professionals. They're at the top of their fields. And they've got all this carnal wisdom. And they're laying out the case and the hypotheticals, the models that they make, professing themselves, thinking that they know. They don't know. They're guessing. They're doing the best that they can. Each day, the models, the numbers taken from the uh, models that they do to get their, what's the word, antidotes to get their plan on how they're going to deal with this, the the debts that they're projecting, the cases that they're projecting, they're wrong. And they're constantly redoing them. But they think they're wise. And then what happens is the media sides with them and they go ahead and they give us information which is false. And President Trump is up there pretty much alone, just trying to get the nation back to work and everything. And this is what we're fighting against. Let me go to verse 22, uh, 23. 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, meaning into birds, into four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. Notice the progression here of mankind's demise. Once he becomes foolish due to his ungrateful, unthankful heart, mankind not only rejects God, but he then begins to deny God and to remake him into his own image. It's backwards. What man was created by God in God's image. And yet here we are as a society, we are recreating God to be the type of God we need to be where we can be in charge. And let's go back to Satan. I will exalt myself. I will be like the most high God. We see it all the time. And because of that, the Bible says God also had to give them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And this is important because here we see the introduction of a homosexual nature into our society. And it's just a natural progression when mankind rejects God. The process is they don't acknowledge him as God. They're not thankful. They're not grateful for what he's done. We start thinking things that we shouldn't be thinking, which is the natural progression from denying God. That leads us to foolishness. It leads us to be senseless in our thinking. We lose the ability to reason. We start making ourselves out as God. And then the very next thing that happens is our behavior becomes unrestrained. We do anything that we want. God is no longer involved in it. And we are warped in our thinking till the thing that's produced next is deviant sexual lifestyles. And it's written right there in the Bible. You know, you don't need to be a genius to figure out that homosexuality is wrong. It's told right there. I mean, because I have a renewed mind, I think about the unnatural act going on between all this stuff, and it's so obvious to me. And yet the Bible says they've lost their senses. They've literally lost their minds. And the Bible says that at some point, God gives them up, literally. He allows them to experience anything that their sinful nature desires. You know, this too, it's a form of judgment. It's a type of wrath. God no longer restrains their sinful actions. He doesn't force his will upon us. We wish to be our own gods. He says, okay, do it. And there we are. Dave Gusick writes, we make a mistake when we think that it is God's mercy and kindness that allows mankind to continue to live in sin. You know, we think it's God's mercy that's over America right now. That's withholding judgment and wrath from us, withholding destruction. And yet that's not true. 
allowing us to do those things is actually his wrath upon us and it allows us to go on destroying ourselves with sin. We want to test the bounds of sin. We want to do anything that we want to do. He lets us. For example, we think America is still under grace and mercy and the goodness of God because we're still committing heinous acts against our children and he hasn't judged us yet. We're committing abhorrent sexual deeds amongst one another. We are using our children for our sexual pleasures and God's not destroyed us yet. And we think that because of his mercy, that's got nothing to do with his mercy. That's his judgment and his wrath. And it's upon us as a nation and it's allowing us to do anything that we want to do. We go deeper and deeper and deeper away from him until at some point we finally destroy ourselves. That's what Romans is talking about. Now, it's important to note that it's within this wicked environment that the church, we need to be preaching the gospel, beginning with a call to national repentance. While all this is going on, the church is to be living holy lives. Remember, Jesus says, you're going to be witnesses unto me and to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, he's not necessarily talking about knocking on doors and trying to win the lost to Christ, although that's part of it. He's talking about being a witness The fact that our lives are holy, the fact that we're living holy lives in front of this world, it should be contrasting the behavior between good and evil. The Bible says, come out from amongst the world and be separate. We're not copying them. We are not degrading ourselves with aberrant sexual behavior. We're living holy. We're staying married. We're raising our children in the fear, the nurture, and the admonition of the Lord. That's the witness that he's talking about. And I'm telling you, that's the witness that leads to revival. You know, you want revival? Well, all the church has to do is start living holy lives. They'll see the fact that we're not coming home drunk. There's not a dozen beer cans on my front lawn every morning. We're not engaging in sexual behavior that violates the covenant of marriage. We're not using foul language. We're praying for our nation. We're supporting law and order. We are doing things like this that glorify God, and that's supposed to paint a picture that we are different. They're supposed to want the peace They're supposed to want the wisdom that we exhibit in our daily lives. The trouble is there's perversion within the church right now, you know, concerning really who we are. We don't even know who we are in Christ Jesus, and we're trying to catch up to the world in acquisition. We're trying to compete with them for the material goods that they so worship. We decree, we confess who we are, we trust God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I have the abundant lifestyle. I can do all things through Christ. I have the favor of God. I am of excellent spirit. I am walking in victory. You know, we do all these things with our mouths. We confess and we decree for ourselves. We're doing all this for our own health, our own happiness, so that we can acquire things and we can have favor and blessing. Truth of the matter is confession and decreeing should be for the lost. We should be confessing and decreeing for the lost that they would be convicted, that they would be repentant, that they would have salvation, that there would be transformation going on in their lives by the power of the word of God. We're missing the point on the mark. Even our fasting, the Bible says, this is the fast that I've chosen, saith the Lord. We fast for ourselves. Yeah, we want to be more spiritual. That's good. You know, yeah, we want to lose a couple of pounds. We want to get some weight off. We want to get the flesh under control. That's excellent. But the Bible talks about it in Isaiah 58. This is the fast that I've chosen, saith the Lord, the fast to unloose the heavy burdens, to break the bonds that are holding the people captive, to loose 
the the things that are keeping them in traction to the devil, to clothe the naked, to provide shelter to the poor that's been cast out, to undo the heavy burdens that we placed upon them. These are the things, the reasons for our fasting. Our motivation is to help others, and we should use that as a model for everything that we do in Christianity. Christianity isn't about me. It's about others. We we go to church and we sing about ourselves. I am a friend of God. I am in the perfect will of God. I am who he says I am. Great. Fine. But at the end of the day, our worship in church is to be solely centered on God and our lifestyle is to be centered on others. God will take care of us as we take care of others. We've got to get that point down. Where am I? Verse 25. No, verse 24 it is. Verse 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Talking about homosexuality. Uh, Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into the lie. Notice it's not to change the truth of God into a lie. They changed the truth of God into the lie. And Paul specifically uses the definite article to say the lie. And the lie is the same that it's been since God's been around, since Satan's been around, since mankind's been around. The lie essentially is idolatry. It puts us in the place of God. It is the lie that you will be like God. Satan tricked Eve. You'll be like the Most High God. Take the apple. You know, we've done this throughout our lifestyle. The Bible talks about in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. We're doing everything to make sure that we're acquiring the things that we want. We're doing everything that we can to make sure that we're getting every promise in the Bible to us. I love Deuteronomy, uh, was it 28? You know, the first 14 verses talk about the blessings of God. And then the last, I think it's 52 verses, talk about the cursings of God. And yet we claim those first 14 verses, you know, that I've got great crops, I've got great houses and all this good stuff and everything like that. And yet it begins with, if that will try to keep all of the mandates, all of the statutes, all of the laws, if you will keep them all. And we can't do that. And yet we claim those blessings. But then when we talk about the curses, maybe a virus comes and we talk about the curses. We say, oh, no, 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 no. That's under the law. That's not for us. We've got to be consistent as Christians. We've got to be faithful. We've got to take the word of God in its entirety and quit just picking out parts and trying to get the blessings while ignoring the negative stuff. You know, yes, we are who God says we are, but we are in his service. He's not serving us. We are serving him. Verse 26. Where is it? For this cause, what cause? Because they changed the truth of God into a lie and they worship themselves more than they worship the creator. Verse 26, because of this, God gave them up unto vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use of that, which is against nature. Once again, another reference to homosexual behavior. As society continues to degrade, as society continues to get further and further and further away from the commands of God, from the presence of God, he lets us go. Number one, he made us free will uh, creatures. He wants us to choose. Don't forget, I said earlier, this is the environment in which we are preaching the gospel. We're letting people know, hey, this is wrong. Notice what Paul calls homosexual behavior. He calls it vile affections. You know, that tells you right there it's wrong. It's a vile affection. Homosexuality is a vile affection. One of the lies that people think of that the homosexual community puts out there is that, well, you know, God is for any relationship where there's love and honor in. That's such a lie. That is not true. God is not for a 
relationship based on sexual lust between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. He calls it a vile affection. That affection is not natural. It's unnatural. Verse 27, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, that's a reference to physical sex within a marriage, burned in their lust one toward another, men working that which is unseemly. Here we have another condemnation by Paul for homosexuality. He calls it unseemly. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meant. God talks about the fact that their behavior is unseemly and it is in error. That depraved sexual behavior is so abhorrent that Paul does not even use normal terms for men and women in that scripture. You know, he uses the words for male and female using, catch this now, using categories that describe sexuality outside of human terms because this type of sexual sin that he describes is outside the bounds of human dignity. Dave Gusek wrote that. Let me say that again. The depraved sexual behavior is so abhorrent to Paul that he doesn't use the regular words for men and women in verse 27. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the women. Those aren't regular words for male and female there. Those are words that are used to describe male and female outside of human terms regarding their sexuality. Once again, it's because their sexual behavior is outside of human dignity. I mean, it's so telling here. We can't be falling for this. And the problem is we're letting the people, maybe 3% of the society in America, claim to be homosexual. And the power that they're exhibiting in making laws and getting Christianity on the defense, it's not a relative to their small population. We need to come back and we need to, the two sins I think that are destroying America, most are homosexuality and abortion. We have got to take high ground in that. You know, and we don't battle them in the flesh and we don't condemn them. That's not the idea. We condemned the action, killing babies in the womb is wrong. Homosexuality, it is improper, it is unseemly, it is an error. It is wrong. We need to take the high ground because, like I said, they can't think anymore according to the Bible. They lack the ability to reason. These are the people we need to be confessing for. Father God, I call the homosexual community, Father God, out of the grip of Satan. Father God, I say they are hungering for the things of God, Father. Okay, so they've got an inability. They've lost the ability to reason, Father God. I pray for the Holy Spirit of God to convict them spirit to spirit. They don't need their minds to get saved, Father God. They need the power of the Holy Spirit to draw them into the kingdom of God. Father God, I pray that you would forgive their sin. I pray that that you would wash them in the blood of Jesus, Father God. Holy Spirit of God, move. You're not willing that any should perish, Father, but that all should come to repentance and the knowledge of the truth. Give the church a voice, Father God, a national voice, Father God, letting them know that God loves them, that Christ has already died for their sin. Lord God, I pray that you wouldn't let a single one go, Father God. I pray that you would give them mercy, Father God, the mercy that you gave to me, Father God, when I got saved, that you drew me out of sin. I pray, Father God, that there's mercy on the table for them this morning as they wake up to Father God. Lord God, we don't condemn them, Father God. We want them in the kingdom of God. We pray forgiveness over their lives, Father God. Send labors across their path, ministering the truth and love, Father God. Don't let a single one go. I confess their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
I get so emotional when I think about them because they're out there lost and all we're doing is nothing. Because we're scared to confront the sin. We think that we're not allowed to talk to them and call them home. We've got a charge to call these people home. Some of these people are our brothers and sisters, our sons and our daughters. We can't let them go. It is our job. It is our task. It is our responsibility. That's what love is. Love is not saying nothing to them. Love is letting them know that there's hope for them. It's telling them the truth. It's speaking the truth in love. If it isn't truth, it isn't love. Hallelujah. I thought I was going to get done today. It doesn't look like I am. You know, God's given me a heart for the homosexual community lately. It's something I never had before. And it's just something that I I really have a desire to make sure that they don't go to hell by accident because the church was scared to talk to them. Uh, I pray that God would touch your heart with prayer for the lost, prayer for the mother that's doing the abortions, Father God, that they need prayer too because they're lost and they don't know what they're doing and it's a violation of the natural order of things. So, Father God, I just thank you so much. I thank you for your hand of grace upon our nation. Father God, we love you. America needs you, Father God. I say the church is up and running. We are not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Ron Gaia. We'll see you next week in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.